Live from Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of room in your window, all offered up by a panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Peter Garibay, Republican Jeannie Ives, Mike Miller, and Demetrius Nash. Our program tonight coming to you from our own base at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago, where our toll-free lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. If you'd like to email me a comment, it's Bruce Dumont at museum.tv. And if you'd like to join us, uh, send me a tweet, it's at Dumo at D-U-M-O. And also, if you would like to join us on the World Wide Web, it's beyondthebeltway.com. That's where you can find this program. And also, we are live on Facebook, the Beyond the Beltway with Bruce Dumont <clears throat> Facebook page. And again, let me say once again, if wherever you're listening, we want you to call in 1-800-723-8289. I've had some complaints that I... Give the number a little too fast. So we have a lot. I mean, we, we could probably do four hours tonight, but we're going to start with two. And again, um, I want to pick up on something that the president has uh, used this past week. Uh, we used it briefly last week on the program when he talked about the mob. He is running against the mob, uh, the mob mentality in the Democratic Party. And this past week, many in the media and many in the Democratic Party took exception with the use of the word mob. They were saying that they were protesters. <laughs> so now we have a debate over that. But remember, his quote last week was, uh, you don't give uh, matches to arsonists. And uh, he is suggesting that uh, by turning the Democrats back in power, uh, in uh, at least in the House and Senate, if you do that, you're just turning uh, you're, you're turning the whole government over to a mob. So that was the first use of the term. We have Republican operatives, Democratic operatives. Uh, we have an economist here because we're going to talk a lot about uh, the stock market and, and some of the economic issues facing the country, certainly, that came to a head last week. Uh, Jeannie Ives, let me start with you. Uh, you're a state representative. Uh, you ran against Bruce Rauner in the Republican primary. You did not win, but you ran a tremendous race, getting over 40%, 48% of the Republican vote. My question to you is, uh, the president's use of the term mob, is it the right word or is it a little over the top? No, it's not over the top at all because that's what you see visualized every day on TV. You have literally hundreds of people gathering in some sort of mob mentality and scratching at the Supreme Court door. And, and you know, just today in Chicago, I mean, they had a huge parade about move to vote. It was a very left-leaning liberal parade. It wasn't about just voting rights in general. And so you've got these mobs doing this. Let's bring it home. Here in Illinois, we've had a Winnebago Republican headquarters, you know, literally spray-painted with the word rape. It's the same thing you saw in New York at a Republican headquarters, spray-painted and vandalized uh, repeatedly. So you've got this mob throughout the United States in big cities and small cities thinking that they can own the conversation and that anything the Republicans are doing is wrong. Peter, I want to get your reaction because yeah, I, you, you see it differently, but go ahead. I absolutely do. I mean, I think the thing is when you say mob and we're being attacked, let's not forget when your party has the White House and majorities in the House and the Senate and you're still claiming the underdog position – that you're already on the defensive at this point to say, oh, you know, we, 
we're worried about the mob or we don't like the mob or these people who are expressing themselves in the Senate, then have Kavanaugh's supporters there or have the president's supporters. I mean, there's he's certainly at uh, that, that's not where you that's not where you have that battle. You don't have the battle in a Senate hearing room. That's not what you should have. It's a job interview. No, that's it's absolutely. But it's it should not be open to the screaming and the screeching and the the exorcism type you know language coming out of them like there's something wrong going on here. This is supposed to be a civil process, and there was nothing but incivility shown by the other side. Mike Miller of DePaul University joins us. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, there's a a mob can take two forms. Uh, Of course, there are protests. There's no doubt that's the case. You remember the Tea Party had protests. And, of course, the, the venue where they had the protest was cleaner after they left than when they got there because they would pick up their trash. Now, that's a protest. A mob is when you become violent. Take a look at what happened in Portland, Oregon this week when, when the Black Lives Matters group and Antifa took over a, an intersection, were pounding on people's car, including senior citizens, calling them white people and they should die and so forth. But the, the mob that also scares me a lot is a digital mob, that people can say things online with the intention of destroying someone, even if what they destroy them with are lies. And to me, that's mob mentality. And because of the importance of the digital age, I think this is a horrendous thing. Uh, I'm not, I, 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 sure I thing agree with you. Do I, I, don't, I don't think there's right. freedom of right. speech. But don't tell me that that's not mob mentality when you get people sending texts and emails and so forth. I agree that, 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 that there's no reason to, 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 to perpetuate something that is objectively dishonest. I, I don't think that's ever appropriate. Oh, I don't. I, no, I what, don't. What I wish the people that were doing these protests believed you, but they don't. They, they think that they're justified. I mean, but I, I, think the th- I, I, think, I think honesty and integrity and, and not intentionally passing on a falsehood, I think that certainly rises above um, – Political divisions. So, regardless of which way you vote, or, or, or yeah, did Peter, we, I agree. Did we yeah. see yeah. this though, Peter? You, you have run for political office and were unsuccessful. We talked, Ginny. Uh, you, you have run at least for governor. You, you run. You've been around Illinois politics for a long time. The issue of confronting someone who's an elected official, either at their home or in a restaurant when they're with <clears> their family, <throat> is that fair game or not? You know, I, I, I think a lot of it depends on how you approach it. I mean, I've, I know elected officials who've been approached by constituents in, in grocery stores and, but that it's been, but me. it's been, yeah. And it's been done so, uh, and it's been done so respectively or, or excuse me, respectfully. Um, but I, I agree. I think whenever it's, it's, it's screaming or it's chanting or it's, or it is, um, or, or it's, or it's unproductive. I think it's certainly fine if you say, look, I under, you know, the vote that you took, I disagree with it. But if there is ever uh, a threat of violence or if it, uh, or if the speech degrades into something that is, um, that, that, that is insult driven, no, it's never that appropriate. Doesn't, it's that really, doesn't help anyone. It's really never appropriate to approach him, you know, at, maybe at your kid's, uh, you know, basketball game or, or something like that. It's never appropriate to approach them unless you're going to say a kind word. I mean, if, unless if, 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 unless if a constituent they say, came up and said, what if representative, what I'm if concerned you're angry. about this issue. No, not in the grocery what store. You do, Mike? You, I mean, if you're really angry about a position that a politician has taken, what should you do? Write your congressman, um, stand outside with a sign, but going into a private restaurant and disrupting not only the meal of the person you're you're involving in this, but all the other diners there and affecting... And look what happened even when uh, Sarah Sanders, Huckabee Sanders, was uh, was removed from that particular 
uh, restaurant. You know that the family went to another restaurant and the owner of the Red Hen or whatever it's called called the other restaurant and said, oh, guess who's coming? Make sure you don't let her eat. These are the people that take just a difference of opinion and they take it beyond. What about complaining in someone's offices? What about That's in different. the hall offices outside their offices? That's different as long as it's done okay. civilly and respectfully. Oh, it's different, but, yelling, but the idea, but the idea that, no, actually, though, in Senator, Senator Grassley's offices, they invaded his office, ate his lunch there, left a, a, a mess there, and, and, and sat there for hours to do that. That's not appropriate. There's real work that has to be done in those offices. When we come back, we're going to talk about Hillary Clinton. She has weighed in on this subject. We're going to find out Whether you like that idea or not, 1-800-723-8029, coast to coast and border to border. I'm Bruce Dumont, taking America's political pulse. And you know what this happens? Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes, to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at BrianSellsTheDesert.com. Back in Chicago, uh, you perhaps you have read recently that uh, President Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton are going to be traveling around the country. Uh, you're going to get two for the price of one. It's going to be a speaking engagement, and it's going to go to 11 cities, including uh, 13 cities, rather, uh, 11 of them in the United States and a couple in Canada. So they're going to be on the road, and uh, in advance of that tour, which a lot of Democrats at least uh, uh, when I put that note up on my Facebook page today, uh, virtually everyone that responded was a Democrat. They didn't think that was a good idea. They just want Hillary to go away. If you disagree or agree with that, give us a call at 1-800-723-8029. But Hillary is in the news uh, today because uh, in a recent interview she said, quote, you cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for and care for. So she seems to be coming down on the side of at least vociferous uh, uh, denunciation of the other party. Yeah, but if, there's, there's two ways to destroy. One would be to do it physically, and the other is to do it intellectually. Of course, I, I don't care for many of the views taken by Democrats, and I do what I can to argue against them. But the idea that the only people who are allowed to be civil are those in power is preposterous. I, I just... It's, I swear she doesn't think sometimes before she opens her mouth. What but it, but it's just like what you got from Eric Holder. Also oh, yeah. His him. statement, you know. Yeah. He sort of took that statement back almost immediately. He, he, though, yeah. he, well, he obviously he he threw it out there. Caught, that's he why. knew that they were going to use that, but they didn't use the second. Yeah, I mean, either. but I, I think it's important that and I know there's there, there's there's the former first lady's, you know, 
well-known statement, when they go low, we go high. But I think civility on, on both sides, and even you know, out, outside of political, uh, outside of the political arena. You know, Jeannie, when we were talking before, you had your son's football game on Friday, and you hear those horror stories sometimes of the crazy parents who are convinced their sophomore is going to the NFL next year, um, and they take it way too far. And so, and whether it's you know shoppers on Black Friday or the way that politicians are speaking to each other or trying to fire up their base, even if you are speaking with people who are of a like mindset, I don't think it's helpful. And and to say, well, civility has to go out the window if the other side does it first, regardless of which side you're on, that doesn't that it, it's not helpful, and that's certainly not going to progress. And if and if Secretary Clinton's quote, it, I, then I, I disagree with that quote. But the There's amount no of incivility. On the right towards the left is minimal compared to the left compared to the right. Well, I just, I, and, and I think that's of because who, the right's in power. And as, as we no, talking, no, no, but even during the ter- think about the Tea Party movement, and oh it was gosh. all a policy movement taxed enough already. Right. It no, was it I'm was not, rallies. No, I mean, it that's was that, like saying that, no, that that the president's birth certificate was a genuine concern. No, but where was the where was the out where was the rallies? Where was the beating on the Supreme Court do- doors over that? Where was the you know the um, the you know, attacking Democrat headquarters and spray painting them. You haven't yes. seen this. Where's, where's like the, the, this whole, you know, I mean, sh- short, I mean, so that's the thing. So shortly after President Trump was elected and you saw a rise in where swastikas had been painted in public places, I never thought, okay, the RNC is responsible for those. I thought that those, those, the, that was fringe behavior from hateful people. I never thought that that was sanctioned by any elected officials or any political bodies. I thought that that was extreme and distasteful behavior look, from people on the fringe. But, but the, 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 look, the, Senate, the Democrat senators never shouted down those who are being uncivil during the Kavanaugh hearings, they could have arrested it themselves. They could have taken control of that, and they never did. They just let the frenzy build well, and kept be, it going. Th- and that's the problem here. But that knew. would have been Senator Grassley's position as chairman of the committee to have authority on when the sergeant-at-arms removed someone from the gallery. Well, he was removing them repeatedly, but just a, a, a note from Feinstein, a note from Pelosi together say, this is not how we act. Well, it wouldn't we have been, it wouldn't it have been have, minority it leader definitely Pelosi. helped. Yeah. Well, so, it doesn't well, matter. Right. She's still well, because she's, she's not. Still, she's not in the Senate. Well, it doesn't she matter. Said. She still could have said it to the constituencies. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a mentor for conservative students at DePaul, and if they ever get out of line, I tell them. I, I take them aside and says, "You're not going to behave like this. You're not going to be like them. Mm-hmm. You're going to treat people with respect, and you're going to make your arguments in an intellectual way, not in a violent way." Why couldn't she do exactly the same thing? Well, Why couldn't I, in, she be in this, an adult uh, and say, "This is"? Was, I mean, and this, at the in, end of the day, go before the, the camera. On top and of say, it, you, you have really have to stop this nonsense. Well, in the, in, explain in this, Maxine I truly Waters. Do about, explain Maxine Waters. This, this I truly statement. mean about the way that 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 mm-hmm. Justice Kavanaugh's hearings were handled. I think it was it was a it was a misstep on behalf of the Democrats to go in negative all the way from the very start because then. When concerns came up and when the FBI investigation was, uh, was, was uh, initiated by the White House, there was nowhere to go. So I think politically it was the wrong move. Um, so I, I, I do disagree with the way it was handled and that it was no matter what, we're going against him. Um, and I, I, I am, as a Democrat, I am concerned that any momentum they thought they might have earned throughout that process uh, is fleeting and it won't last by the time the midterms. Well, I think I think I what happened is there. that they lost 
yeah. uh, especially when they talk about Dianne Feinstein's uh, role in perhaps releasing the information, although she has denied it. Uh, the the Democrats lost the fairness issue. It looked yeah. like they yeah, were being yes, they unfair did. to the American people. And then you had the demonstrators out there, many of whom were engaged in certainly ruckus behavior that doesn't play well to Joe and Mabel, average citizen at home on TV. So they lost that. But then I think when led by Jeff Flake, when he came back and suggested, well, we need this FBI investigation, I think that was an attempt by, you know, Jeff Flake to say, okay, let's at least do something fair, or we're going to lose. We're going to lose. And, the and if, if, if there's anything that that the la, that that the Democrats that we come out of the Kavanaugh hearings and and any you know, and whether it's the Gorsuch hearings, obviously the Kavanaugh ones are you know far fresher in the memory, is that elections matter. So mm-hmm. if if the goal is to try and motivate turnout then I hope that that's what it's used for rather than to try and, and, and degrade any, any Senate hearing process. It's going to be, I think it's going to increase Elections turnout on matter. both sides. I hope so. Well, and Bruce, I think, and Peter, I think there's one thing that we're missing here too is that you had this whole mob scene going on, but then you also had the politics of personal destruction going on, which was completely and 100 percent controlled well, and, and I, by I the just senators be careful with themselves. the word mob because a large group no, but of we're local not ta- protesters I'm, I'm on from mob, they were though. not flipping cars or anything like that. Peter, I'm moving on from mob because the other thing that occurred is the politics of personal destruction. And it's something that I'm following a number of state races very closely, and that is same sort of mentality is happening here in Illinois, where you have people literally calling decent, hardworking, just Republicans running for office, never ran for office before, never held a seat, elected seat before, and they're saying that they're child predators, connecting them or that they support child predators through a connection of, like, donations that have cycled in and around through the United States from one donor. Folks, we, and it's we, ridiculous. We, it's a ridiculous assumption to say that it's personal destruction, it's a smear tactic, and it's nothing about policy. And that can't be where our politics goes. We have responded. We have responded. I'm going to get you to respond to this. Uh, this is from uh, John listening to us on KBOI in uh, uh, Idaho. These liberal thugs and tyrants had better be careful. This country is already in a civil cold war, and it won't take much to make it turn hot. It's going to be interesting to see what happens on November 6th when there is no blue wave. My fear is that what we're seeing in Portland, Oregon this weekend will look like a day in the park. So well, one, one thing I, I do want to follow up on, on Jeannie's point, and I, I agree that the extent and the frequency and the speed at which personal attacks enter the political sphere, it's, it's very disheartening because then you start to look at the people, and I suppose present company included because I've run in this atmosphere, uh, even though I ran in a Democratic primary in which I was unsuccessful, um, but you are exposing yourself to that and you are going into that knowing that, that it's a possibility. So then you start to look and say, so what sort of people are attracted to that environment, and are those the kind of people who, who should? And I think that's where the process... Um, so who and, wants and, to subject themselves to that? So, so well, you and, look and, at, and, and, then, and honestly, I mean... But how, but how, say, how do we could, put restrictions that about, on that while, while still, you know... Well... I, I, I don't know, and that, that's a very difficult situation. And to the gentleman in Iowa who said... Idaho. Or, or sorry, Idaho... Um, I was just thinking early primaries or, or, or the early caucus <laughs> states there um, for for the for the behavior that and, and for any destruction that took place in Portland. 
I, I, I certainly condemn that. That that has no place regardless of what side and, and whether it's related to anything. Peter, would you, would you acknowledge that maybe the, the Democratic Party or its leaders have got to be more vociferous in trying to separate the Democratic Party members who are, let's say, the, the God-fearing? I'm talking about there's a lot of Democrats out there who love their country. But they've got to explain to those constituents and to the general public and to the media that, you know, what's happening in Portland and Antifa and Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, may not represent all of the Democratic Party, especially Antifa. I mean, this is – these are anarchists. I don't think Black Lives sure. Matter are I, anarchists. I, I, I think the – they, 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 they show up and they're dressed the way and, they're and dressed. They've got their and they, black masks on. I mean, these are like, uh, these are like the stormtroopers. I, I, I think it's very important to, to condemn the behavior for people who, who do want to peacefully protest – but to say, but they that, don't do it. But I, I, I agree, and and that that's the problem. It is it is you know, Mike, sure. Mike, you mentioned destroying property when or or leaving a mess after you, after you protest and you exercise your right to to express yourself, but to do it peacefully and to do it respectfully. Yeah. And if you it's are like able to amass a folks. crowd and you're the loudest voice, well, good for you. But there is no reason, and it doesn't strengthen or, uh, or, or, or make your message any more valid to be disrespectful, to be hurtful, to be destructive. And, yes, I would hope that the leaders of the Democratic Party say it's in the best interest not only but of our party. But it is not Republicans but, doing this. But also, but that's the thing. For us to take the high road, we have to do that Only first. one side take, doing this. The, but only he's, he's one side they is doing the high this. Road. When we come back, yep. speaking of taking the high road, we're going to talk about the high road to the White House last week. How high was that road? We'll be back shortly. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida. So why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thanks very much for joining us. We are now joined by Demetrius Nash. He is a community activist. Uh, he is an independent voter. He's not a Republican or a Democrat. Not and at all. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Kanye West at the White House in just a few moments right. and, and, and what impact that will have on the black communities of America. But yeah. I want to give you a chance to sort of jump into the co- conversation that we're already having about the issue of uh, when, is, when does protest become a mob? Uh-huh. Because the use of even the term mob is now being bantied about because the president has used it to describe the Democrats. And uh, in, in the recent demonstrations that have taken place in Chicago over uh, the Jason Van Dyke uh, you know, a murder trial, uh-huh. uh, there were a lot of people in the streets. There were lots of protests. Right. Nothing really turned out horribly violent. 
Nah. But were these mobs? I mean, you you were in those right. groups or mobs. Nah, nah, I wouldn't call it a mob. Um, but the thing about, and I was hearing you guys off, off camera, the thing about America, we want freedom of speech until we say something against something or someone says something against what we believe in. But that's not how freedom of speech works. Freedom of speech allows you to have your belief and also allow me to have mine. And and we try to find some type of commonality in those things. Um, I remember walking from Chicago to the White House, and I came up on a block that had a lot of, like, American flags on one side of the house and Confederate flags. And I put up, I remember making a post and, and, and making a video. I said, I respect them to have the right to have that Confederate flag along with the American flag because that's what makes America great. It, America is great because you can have your values and core things and I can have mine and we can respect it. But somehow in America, we haven't, it hasn't been the land of the free. You know, um, when you talk about gay rights or you talk about on the other side of gay rights is Christian religious beliefs. You know, so somehow we got to find a way to agree to disagree more. There wasn't mobs. Um, actually, I cried like a baby because for three and a half years we had fought so hard to get justice um, for Laquan McDonald, a young man that was shot 16 times. And I don't care who you are. Even a hunter don't shoot a, a, a animal. It's, it's usually one shot, one kill, or the meat, or the fur is bad. You can't even use it. And for him to shoot your Quan McDonald down like a dog, it did something to the very fabric of our communities, white, black, or indifferent. Demetrius, you mentioned uh, your walk to the White House. You recently walked from Chicago to the White House. You met with some uh, uh, congressional leaders while, while you were there. Yes, sir. And I want to talk about that as the interview unfolds, but... Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that got a lot of publicity last week, obviously, was Kanye West yes, went to the White House. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people were describing it as a circus show or a minstrel show, as Don Lemon of CNN referred to it. And, and all the publicity went on into the antics right. of, what, uh, of what Kanye was saying. When you step back, um, how do you think Kanye's uh, presentation at the White House and how the media covered that presentation. Mm -hmm. How do you think that was received by blacks that you know and uh, live with and, and are friends with? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm close with entertainers from our community. In fact, I'm close with a lot of Kanye friends. Um, I've learned in my life that sometimes God uses the most craziest event to get a message across, right? Um, and I've learned to look past the messenger in order to receive those messages. Um, a lot of things that he said outside of the wearing the hat or um, I look at you as a father figure or these types of things with um, President Trump were poignant. And it affected but wait, specifically. So was that other stuff not poignant? Not wearing the hat was that poignant? I mean, not saying he looks at him as a father figure was that poignant no, or not? I mean, it, it rubbed people the wrong way. I know it did, but um, do you and, in your heart believe everything he said, or do you only? No, I see. I've, I've learned to extract things that's applicable to me and what's going on in my community. So the things that are affecting us is that. President Trump was about to send the stop and frisk here. So he talked about that. 
Then he talked about um, the 13th Amendment that really does make it okay to have industrial complexes that have men making eight cent an hour in a, for corporations, and then you come out of jail, and that same corporation will use that felony against you that you worked for while you was in prison for eight cent, but won't hire you when you get your freedom. Um, then he talked about the school system, which I know personally is failing because I went to Culver Military Academy, a school that cost $17,000 a year to go to high school. And I came back to CPS my senior year in which I graduated in 1997. And I don't even remember a homework assignment my entire senior year. And I was accustomed to so the two hours of homework. You probably so it, agree with school choice then. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I want to get your, your, your reaction because, uh, uh, what was your reaction? Obviously, your Kanye West is not in your uh, no, demo mix, and, and really. he's not in yours. So it's got some good songs about Chicago, though. But but I, but but, but what do, what do you th- what do you think of that as a political experience? I don't want to say stunt, but an experience. Uh, does that, does, yeah. does that ring true to anybody? I think it, people respond to persuasion. And I think I'm going to draw upon Scott Adams. You know who Scott Adams is? He's the mm-hmm. guy who came up. He, uh, he is the creator of Dilbert. Yeah. yeah. And he's an expert on persuasion. He thought what Kanye did was astounding. Mm-hmm. Using the idea of visually saying to people, I put on this hat and I feel like a Superman. Mm-hmm. What more can you say? This just creates in people's mind. And, and Kanye had said all kinds of weird stuff. He kind of went all over. Yeah, it. It, was like, definitely. it was like free yeah. association. Mm-hmm. But he really <laughs> did hit some really important points. And I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. I'll tell you one thing that, that bothers me more than anything. Um, being a white male, I can be anything I want, and no one will ever say that I'm a traitor to my race or something like that. I can be a Marxist. I can be a free market person. <laughs> right. But the moment that somebody argues against what is considered the standard view of black Americans, you're a what – what was the expression they used him? They called him Sound a token bowl. Negro. Sound bowl, and they called Negro. him a, a horrible thing just because he was thinking on his own. And until that's gone, until uh, somebody like Kanye can think however the heck he wants to think, you, you aren't going to be totally free. You said you wanted to be free and be able to, to express your ideas. You can't do that if you're going to be put into identity politics. A box. That's and right. That's, and that's the thing. Like, I understood why he said it made him feel like a superhero mm-hmm. because of the simple fact when he put on that head, it empowered him yes. to go against everybody yes. that was saying you're not supposed to do this. Oh, exactly. And, and if he, also, go- he also said that racism was not making black men shoot other black men. Right. Um, I, I think it also, it, it offers a really interesting, and, and I, I think, you know, regardless of where you stand on President Trump, I mean, the man is, is certainly fascinating. I mean, we've, I can't remember the last time we had a president who either wasn't coming from, from a legislative body um, or, or elected office or, 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 as, uh, or the military. And I think to see how the president can be swayed on issues. You mentioned that the president was all in with uh, Attorney General Sessions, that they were going to uh, try and push stop and frisk here in Chicago. And the consent decree. And that that Kanye West was able to influence that. That Kim Kardashian was able to get a woman pardoned. Exactly. And and I think you look at like Sylvester Stallone was the primary voice behind – Oh, behind yeah, behind Jack, uh, Jack behind Jackson. Jack Johnson's pardon. Mm-hmm. So I think you see a lot about if you want to influence the president. You know, if you go in with 
with, with an economics professor and say, look, Mr. President, these tariffs are an awful idea. Please don't do them. Yeah. But if you bring Michael Jordan to the White House and he says, look, as a Hall of Famer and six-time championship winner, we don't need these tariffs, I think you know which one the president's going to listen to. So if that then changes how people approach the White House, but I think it is very, very clear that you know it, it's a very different way um, of being attracted to information that hasn't happened before at that level. I, I'm, I'm, I'm well, very anxious okay. as, as to how it's going. Go ahead, Jeannie. I, look, I, I think it's fascinating that uh, Trump, who is supposed to be, you know, uh, not somebody who's maybe friendly with the African American community, not true. or it's not, I know, no, it's not true. No, it's not true. Before. Exactly, oh, oh. but the, but the idea that the Republicans—that's that not the party of Republicans. That's not the party of that the, that they would respond to. Well, the fact that Trump has actually embraced folks like him and had him come in and listen to him—I think that's that's fabulous. This is not new for the president to be around entertainers before he was president you had jay-z you had puff daddy you had snoop dogg all of them partying with him the the he hasn't changed his stripes he's I, always been but this to person everybody else to everybody no. else this is not the republican presidential I, narrative that they want but to he see never was the republican I, president isn't that fascinating I, I, isn't that just fascinating so, this has got to be <laughs> the reason point. that i want to find out what, whether this this meeting has has a uh, has some resonance mm-hmm. is that 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 I know and I heard this shortly after uh, President Trump was elected uh, and this is part of a strategy the president's goal he got eight percent of the black vote right mm-hmm. last time his goal is to get over to double it that's right and he really wants to get to twenty percent mm-hmm. if he thinks and and th- I've heard this from senior strategists. Right. If they get to twenty percent of the black vote for him, Democrats they will be destroying vote. the Democratic Party. That's right. The Democratic Party will be well, destroyed. Well, and all at a variety of levels. Now, first of all, do you agree with that number? H- how realistic is that number? I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, the fact of the matter is, Democrats take us for granted. Absolutely, they take the black vote for granted. That's why I'm nonpartisan. I'm. For a person that's going to come in and make a change in my community, I walk for gun violence. I walk for black people first because that's what God made me. When you see a visual, that's what it is. But I walk for humanity. And and so when you look at it. I'm going to pause ahead. for just a second. We've got, to, we've got a break for a commercial. All right. We'll be right back. 1-800-723-8289. When we come back, yeah. I'm Bruce Dumont. It's good Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. 
Bruce Dumont back, and uh, we're talking about uh, uh, mob, and we're talking about a variety of of issues here this evening. Uh, One of our guests is Demetrius Nash, and I've introduced to him, uh, and he's shared with us his his concerns about uh, Kanye West and really what's happening in the black community. Uh, We should say, and again, uh, we did an interview uh, 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 earlier this week over at CAN-TV, and uh, I learned your background. Uh, Uh You also, uh, let's tell the audience, you, you spent eight years in federal prison. Give, yes, us your, give us that part of your background. Um, really, it saved my life. I'm going to be honest. Um, I was at a, a point where I had went to private boarding school. I came back my senior year, saw CPS was failing us. I don't remember a homework assignment the entire senior year. And I made a decision, and I ended up getting my kid's mom pregnant. She's we both in high school. Um, I'm 18 at the time. She's 15. Um, and unprotected sex and I looked up and I and I had a child and I was scared to death honestly and I didn't know what to do and at the time my family had always been into the drug trade and I made a decision at 18 years old to get in a get into the drug trade and you say your family had always had always been yeah like like you know my cousins my dad some of my uncles had been in the drug trade um very smart man but was was part of the destruction of the community and um and that was what was readily available to be able to take care of my family and so i just made a a, as a young man 18 years old um i made a decision to get into the streets and i destroyed lives for eight years on 35th and state at one point um doing thirty thousand dollars a day in heroin sales and then I end up at 26 going to federal, being in front of a federal judge, and I was fighting for my life. And um, I didn't pay my debt so much to society, then I paid it back to God. And for every day I destroyed lives, I was incarcerated. How did you feel about destroying lives? Um, at first, when I was, until I went, the federal system is in incredible system if you can say incredible system for rehabilitation and actually still has college and 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 one of the the biggest things is the RDAP program is the residential drug and alcohol program and it began to challenge my thoughts it began to challenge the way I was thinking because I always thought that I wasn't forcing anyone to do drugs I wasn't I I didn't make them I didn't put a gun to their head but I didn't, so I didn't see myself as part of the problem. And then I looked up and I had begun to mature as a man while incarcerated. And I was just like, no, whether they were going to buy from somewhere else or not, someone else or not, I still contributed to the destruction of my community, which is why when I came home and our young men were calling themselves savages and we're from Chirac, I say, hold on, nah, you got to be careful, one who you call yourself, and to what you answer to, because in Chicago, we're going to test it. Even from a white collar or downtown, we are against the city. Like, whether we like it or not, the mafia is real in Chicago. Our, some of the fabric of Chicago is a mob city, a, a organizational town. And um, I looked up, and I was totally engulfed in it, and I destroyed lives, and, and I, I had matured and got my conscience back, and, I, and I'm obligated to be part of when the you solution. Ta- when you talk to a 16- or 17-, 18-year-old on the street now, which is one of the things you do. Yes, sir. 
Do they listen to you? You're 40 years old. That, that you're an old man to them. Well, do not, they are, are they are they fearful of spending eight years of their lives in federal prison? No. Nah, Does it scare them, nah, or is it a, or is it a status symbol? No, nah, it's not even a status symbol. They just don't think about consequences. A lot of our kids aren't thinking about consequences, and um, what 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 validates me in the community is. Yeah, they hear the the drug dealing. They hear all these things, but that's the worm on the hook. Because when I reel you in, I'll be like, "Well, this is what I'm doing now. This is how I'm 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 saving lives." And I have genuine conversations with them. You know, there's a statistic that was going around, and I think the mayor paid. They had this program. Um, they end up spending fifty million dollars to figure out that sixteen hundred people were doing yeah. most of the crime. Right. 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 So I walked in and I had I was at Loyola University Law School and I walked in and it was um, Get Out Chicago. Are you guys familiar with it with the program Get In Chicago or Get Out Chicago? But that's the organization that got the fifty million dollars. And I came in and I had the live experience and I looked in the room and I saw that you had people that were talking about the demographic that they were talking about that could not even have a conversation with them. They wouldn't talk to them. So for me, how can you really represent or speak about people that you don't engage? I feel like that's very disrespectful. I feel like it's time to get out of our comfortable homes, churches, and jobs and get down. The best analogy or the best um, way I can put it is um, undercover boss. What usually happens with undercover boss when they come down and they finally see how being in that office has really undermine their company from a grassroots work workers um, because they do all types of stuff with insurance and this and that. And nine times out of 10 at the end, they're crying. They're, they're feeling bad because really what they thought, which is academia and those things, but the real result in the life, the real world application of what you're doing is really having adverse effects on the community. And that's what I feel like a lot of people that are coming in the community or just academia, it has to be uh, um, it has to be a partnership. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've got to pause. Demetrius Nash, thanks very much for being with us. I'm Bruce Dumont. We will continue with another full hour with our other guests. Don't go away. hard enough, go off the beaten track far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger, and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. 
Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's World, Weekend Update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sip cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. Lucia, back in Chicago. We've asked uh, Demetrius to stick around for another uh, segment uh, to uh, wrap up our conversation. And also we're going to move to other issues of the, uh, the economy and Nikki Haley and all the other problems that the President uh, Trump has addressed uh, this past week in getting uh, uh, Pastor Brunson back from, uh, from Turkey. Uh, but Demetrius, uh, one of the things we talk about on this show frequently, because the violence in Chicago is a national issue. Yes, sir. Uh, and it is an epidemic in Chicago. Uh, if I were to say to you, name two things that must be done if we want to really eradicate crime in Chicago and, and gun uh, violence, what would, what would it be? Well, first of all, we got to reach the demographic for which doing the shooting. You have to which reach, are these sixteen hundred? Which is are the sixteen hundred? You should explain that around the uh, around the country. Right. Uh, the police department has identified sixteen hundred people, uh, mostly gang members in Chicago, who are responsible for a, a large portion of the crime. So that's the sixteen hundred. Go ahead. Yes. Um, and like I said, um, 
with replace guns with hammers, which is an initiative that I'm looking to start, which is getting young men with guns in their hands and hopelessness in their eyes out of the streets into the trades, really going on that block, loving them where they are and building up them up to where we want them to be. Um, we know we have gang problems, and this is what I talk about, how we have to have a partnership with academia. A lot of times you write up a really great grant, and you're, you're, I swear you have the best intentions, right? But the on-the-boot ground piece, you don't even know that your target group can't even walk these two blocks to get to your brick and mortar to even be successful in that program because of the, the violence. Like these, some of these young men can't even walk two blocks away from their home. They are trapped on these, in these areas. Because they're men, uh, members of gangs? Yes. Okay. Um, and so just the other day, right, it was a young man shot 20 years old on 56th in Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of these things are fueled by Instagram and social media, right? So I go on his on his page and you see rest in piss and like, are oh, we glad he's murdered and this and that. So, all right, on the and then the very next day, I guess his friends caught some people and caught one and the other what they, these young men consider as ops mm-hmm. and shot half his face off. Mm-hmm. Like these, but you also, you also told me in the interview the other day that, 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 that parents uh, who frequently we see on, you know, grieving on television, uh-huh. in many cases uh, their children aren't that innocent. And they nah, know they're not, um, and they're not and that innocent in I many mean, cases, not, not all not, cases. Not, I but can you talk in, to that? Can you talk to fatherhood? Yeah. I'm going to talk cool. to a parenthood, period. Okay. Um, and, and, and the thing about it is I, I, I have difficult conversations. So one day I, got, I was upset, and I said, look, when your child is shot and you've been liking his pictures with the guns in their hands, with him smoking marijuana, sure. with him drinking lean and all mm-hmm. that, when he gets shot, I don't want to see a damn graduation picture. I want you to be the parent that you just was before he got shot, maybe 15 minutes before that you push that like button on show that side of him because that's who he truly is. Don't, don't um, sugarcoat it and say, well, he was a great kid and this and that. Now, a lot of these young men, so the media falls for that. The media falls I mean, for the graduation. I mean, well, they did that the, with Laquan. Yeah. No, nah, Laquan wasn't that bad of a kid. He didn't deserve what he got. No, he didn't. Like, nobody here is saying that. We're and, saying and they showed the graduation picture I mean, repeatedly. I'm, nobody is saying that he didn't, um, that he deserved that. At the, nobody. at the end of the day, Laquan is a separate situation okay. than well, then, these young men and, and that are really in it and really doing the shooting. What about the message that if you want to be successful and you don't want to die or go to prison, you got to have a job, right? And and that requires discipline. Exactly. You were, you were a construction worker before. Yes, you sir. Went to, so you know that takes physical energy, and, and you got to be up early. And and that's why I created Replace Guns with Helmets. It's to okay, go. but we ha- we have had we have one job training program after another job training program after career and technical education. We spend you know thirty five million dollars on a year. People, wait a minute, though. You got we, to look wait, at the people that are yet. trying to implement. I'm not done yet. You are spending twenty three thousand dollars per kid in Chicago public schools per kid. Okay. And you can't get anything done. We've had gun violence prevention programs one after another after another in the state, and it still persists. There is something more going on here. 
and the money's not getting where it's needed. There exactly. are plenty of resources, though. It is not a resource problem. It is not a resource problem. It's a focus problem. It is, and actually, and and it's just simply saying they need to have a job is but is nah, not it's no a no there is a There's whole lot more going, issues because in the I will tell you what everything. I talk to I talk to business owners all the time. They say, look, I need them to show up on time. Right. I need them to be drug free. Right. And they don't even need to have a GED. I will train them. Right. I will train them, and they can't find the I right people to do that. Problem in well, so, so I, I do have a Peter. question because when it, when it does come, and I think, I mean, for me, I was extraordinarily fortunate with the school I was able to attend and in, and in the home in which I was raised, in which I credit to my parents, but they also came from a similar background. Right. Um, so for me to sit here and say, I know how it goes, I absolutely don't. Everything I can say I know is just from reading or watching or hearing from someone else. Right. And so what is, I mean, I know that there's, there's one out in Des Plaines year-round school year. So when I think about something, you know, you always see a spike in violence in the summer. Now, whether that's just because school is out, the temperature is hotter, you know, the nights are long or, or the days are longer. Um, and when you have parents who do work full time and they're not available to arrange or don't have the resources for childcare, camps, babysitters, whatever it may be, um, and those and, and children are left to their own devices, whether you live in the suburbs or the city, kids get into trouble. A lot of these parents not. are in a home, bro. Like, that's not even the case. A lot of these parents are part of the problem. Let's just be clear. So if, um, so if there was, and, and that's the thing. I and, mean, that's, and, and that's where the community, like she said, there is a lot of resources. There is a lot of things, but that's where the community has to really look and hold themselves accountable for what they do to the destruction of the community. And I guess where is that, and I don't know if it is simply you know going from childhood to adolescence, but where you go from being that that 10-year-old who's more concerned with, with friends in video games or whatever it might be, to where does, at what age or at what point is, are you, you know, unfortunately in a position to choose the least well, worst option? Well, I'm going to be honest, man. These kids are being taught reckless things at an early age, I two, know. three, four years old, being cursed at and, and being talked about and being told, um, F the police. You're not supposed to talk to the police and this and that. Like, we have to go back to um, the parenting. But also outside of that, we have to stop saying, not my child, not my problem. We have to look at Chicago as one Chicago because at the end of the day, that South Loop is coming south. And it's not going to be so much loop. It's more so south side. And it's becoming dangerous for the haves and the have-nots. Let's just put this into context, though. October to date. So we've got, we're the 14th, it's the 14th, right? Shot and killed in Chicago, 23. Shot and wounded, 71. Mm -hmm. Total shot, 94. That's just for October. Year to date, um, killed in Chicago, 401. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, shot and wounded, 2014. Right. we got to pause. Dimitri thanks very much. We'd love to <laughs> yes, have you sir. back sometime to continue our conversation, but we're going to move on to some other subjects. Okay. And thanks very much. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, 
someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at briansellsthedesert.com. One of our guests this evening is Mike Miller. He is a longtime economist and professor at uh, DePaul University from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yes. My question to you, Mike, is a lot of people, uh, they looked at their 401ks last week and they mm-hmm. were worried because of the, uh, the drop in the stock market. How worried should we be and what do you think is happening? If you're so worried by what happened this past week, you probably should not be in the stock market. This is what happens to stock markets. If you look at the number of points... It was one of the largest number of points declined. But if you do it percentage-wise, it's not even in the top 25. This was just something that happens sometimes when interest rates are beginning to rise because the Fed is fearful that with the economic growth as strong as it is, that there could be some uptick in inflation. And according to their mandate, they have to try to create maximum employment and stable prices. And one way they can keep inflation from getting out of hand is to slow the economy down and they do that by raising interest rates. Uh, There is a debate right now as to whether or not they should continue to raise rates. Mr. Trump has made it clear what he thinks. He thinks they need to stop. But, of course, he's always this way uh, in terms of being boisterous about it. But several of the presidents of the district federal banks, most notably Bullard at uh, St. Louis, has made it perfectly clear that he thinks we need to sit tight where we are because there's some underlying situations in the economy that, that he just doesn't fear that there's going to be this inflation the Fed is worried about. And therefore, why would you put at risk the economic growth we're having and the housing market? So um, I I think uh, I've been convinced by Bullard. Uh, I think that the president is right. I'm not keen on the way he does it in terms of going out there and screaming at the Fed. But I think it is time for the Fed to take a break and see how the economy fares under the slightly higher interest rates. But in terms of the stock market's going to go up and down. Uh, There are a lot of people that believe that it is um, overpriced right now, so there's going to be some adjustment. We've had the longest bull run in the history of the stock market between what are called uh, um, corrections, which is a 10% change. We've gone longer without a correction than any time in the history of the stock market. So the fact that we might actually have some decline in the stock market is completely understandable. And again, if you are so fearful that this could happen, that you might end up selling low, then you probably should not be in the market in the first place. And this correction was, what, 5% only? Yeah, it was and, only about 5%. And it's typical that we do have an October correction. Yes. And I, there's something about the month of October is very weird. Do you know why that is? No. I, want, I mean, does it have anything to do with the expected stimulus around the holiday times? Uh, no, but that's all. See, that when something like that is what we call um, seasonal, it's already built into the pie, so they already know that. Mm-hmm. Now, it just has to do with earnings come out, and, and we're in a situation right now where the economy – is if we can grow between now and next July 1st, on July 1st, this will be the longest expansion in the history of the American economy. It'll be over does, 10 years long. Does Hurricane Michael and the devastation it has caused 
Does that have any ripple effect? It'll be minor, uh, partly because it did not hit a major uh, urban center. I feel terrible for the people who were wiped out, but we're not talking about it hitting Tampa or, or New Orleans or something like that. Um, it could have some effect in terms of the price of crude oil or the price of gasoline, more importantly, and that will have a, have a fleeting effect. It'll just go away once the, uh, uh, the refineries are up and running again and the pumps are are going. What impact uh, on the uh, the Chinese trade war? The trade war is surprising in that uh, many of us argued, of course, I the one reason I could not vote for Mr. Trump, though I'm a Republican and a conservative, was because of his economic policy. I think that the trade war is a dumb thing to do economically. It turns out he may be right, though, politically. This may be a political coup that will get the rest of the world to actually have lower um, tariffs across the board because of it. But uh, almost every analysis I've seen of the economy based upon what has been this battle between us and China is that the effects have been minimal. Now, of course, if you're one of the families affected because you can't get your soybeans sold, it's going to affect you dramatically. And we being in Illinois, we, we're big into soybeans, and soybeans is one of the markets that's being hurt by this. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the economy as a whole, even if trade with China, in a sense, all the money that we, all the exports that we have to China disappeared, it would still be maybe one-tenth, maybe two-tenths of GDP. So instead of growing at 4%, we would grow 3.9 or 3.8. It's, it's not as relatively important as the other parts of the economy. It is important to us, though, in Illinois. It is in Illinois. No. I, I, under, I don't want to understate that. There's certainly soybean farmers are getting 40 killed 40% right of now. it is yeah. sent Peter, to China. as a Democrat... Um, how do the Democrats make their economic case against the Republicans as they try to regain control of Congress? I mean, I think, I think Jeannie made an excellent point right there. Soybeans and a number of these markets that are being uh, very, very pressed by these tariffs, they're in areas that supported the president. And so you go there. I think you do not count out a single county to say that this is red and forget it. They voted last time. This, this precinct went for the president. So I think that's where... Mike, you made an excellent point with, well, it might be, um, well, it might end up being a, a political benefit to the president. If you, if, if you and your family are up at 4.30 a.m., right, you know, every day to, to work hard on your family farm and your crop is soy or it's another one that's being pressed by these tariffs, you could care less about someone's sure. political fortune. I and you're, that, but, yeah. but from the Democratic side, what's, what's interesting, of course, and I think is that, that Bernie, is the case to make. Bernie Sanders made all many of the very same arguments that Mr. Trump is making regarding these particular tariffs. He does not. And, and Larry, what's interesting, again, about Trump, he's just, I think he's such an interesting man. It is clear he's, he has this view of trade, which is simply wrong from an economic standpoint. Yet he hires Larry Kudlow, who is a free trader bar none, but he, and he accepts advice from the man. And I just think it's wonderful that he would bring in somebody who he truly disagrees with, and, and Kudlow's going to do everything he can to try to get Mr. Trump to come but around. But Mr. Trump, President Trump, is, is he's playing for the long haul. He is. He's and playing the long game. And his biggest beef with China is absolutely spot on. The fact that they, they their intellectual property theft, oh, it's terrible. their currency manipulation, uh, the rules that they have that, uh, that you must give them technology, Mm -hmm. um, that they're, they're absolutely closing of some of their markets. I mean, he is absolutely spot on that China is not a good actor when it comes to trade. No. And what he's trying to do is build... But it's also our largest... I mean, so, so well, that's the no, thing. I yeah. understand. We, that's for fine. every one dollar we and, export and, and, to them... And I'm not saying they, that we should roll over for any foreign power, but, but to the extent where it really is hurting American families. And I think there was very little cost. warning 
when these tariffs hit, and it was more of a reactive rather than proactive response but from the White House for this for this aid package. He's telegraphed everything. Yeah, he's 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 just he is actually continuing on one of his campaign promises that he said we're going to bring back manufacturing. I understand as well, just like Jeannie said. The Chinese are behaving badly, and no one knows what to do about it. And the Chinese know Trump. that, except Mr. Trump. And the one thing he does, just like with, with the Kavanaugh thing, I think if any other president had faced the scrutiny that Kavanaugh did and the attacks he did, he, the, the president would have removed his, their candidate and tried somebody else. I agree. But not Mr. Trump, Trump the, plays the only other hardball, time that's and he plays George hardball. When he removed um, – He did. He yeah. Harriet Myers and stuff. Yeah, he just, yeah, he just folded like, like a two weeks, cancer. yeah. <laughs> and and Mr. Mr. Trump just doesn't do that, and he's not doing it with China, and he's not doing it with the Europeans, and now the Europeans are at the table. He didn't do it well, with I, the Canadians, and, I, I think and the also, Canadians agreed to it. He's also putting into some of these trade deals that you too much must also not uh, trade with China as well so that he gets a whole coalition of mm-hmm. people telling China that they need to But I think, to you know, I think it's also a different come, issue come with, the, with the president. I mean, I think there are – I'm sure for the president – uh, Justice Kavanaugh felt very personally because being accused of sexual misconduct, something the president has also faced, yeah, I'm sure there was a personal appeal to his stance as opposed to um, uh, Secretary Price, the former Health and Human no, Services, you know, when there was his, his misuse of public funds. There was, it, was, it was pretty quick by the time he was no, put out. Or the gentleman who was in charge of the Trump EPA. Trump is not going to let the Democrats ruin his agenda and his promises exactly he right. made with he the public. He plays hardball. He plays hardball but, like nobody else does, and they're not used to this. That's but every, why you've got this mob mentality. Yep. They think that they well, I, and, actually, and I, I don't think for the can, president, I think it's perhaps it's a combination of hardball, but also what's important to him. I think his priorities are far different than, than Washington Republicans. I think, oh, I, no I think they're enormously There's, different because he, he, he no has not about that. going to be shouted down no. by, by, by oh, I, agree. I, 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 I think but he's again, a very any, difficult any, person to outshout. Yeah. But again, in any, in any presidency, you know, you like to be able to say that you like to plan things. And again, you know, uh, President Trump has really delivered on a lot of his campaign promises, and he makes a big point of it, as he should. And he, and he has also shown an ability in the case of the return of uh, Pastor Brunson that when, when he gets involved personally, oh uh, you know, people are, are released. Uh, and, and Pastor Brunson uh, was released and was uh, at the White House yesterday. But sometimes there are, there are things that pop up, uh, whether it is a terrorist attack or whether it is something, a uh, foreign issue pops up. And it really can discombobulate anybody, whether mm-hmm. it's George Bush or uh, Barack Obama, any president uh, can be thrown off. And I'm wondering whether uh, the apparent murder of the Washington Post journalist and with the allegation being made that the Saudi government was behind it, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's one of those outside issues that's going to put the President of the United States, and specifically Donald Trump, in a very difficult situation because you you, you have the, the fingerprints at the moment looks like they lead to the royal family. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I mean, who would ever have anticipated that type of occurrence on the national stage? No. Where you've got even, I mean, Turkey's not been our friend lately. Nope. They've not been a good actor in the region. Um, and yet we're finding ourselves on the same side of Turkey 
wondering what went happened and we need answers. So I think he doesn't know what to do yet. I think right. they're trying to figure this out. But and, Turkey and, and the Turkey and Saudi, they've never gotten along either. No. Right. And at this particular point, it's the, it's the Turks who are basically saying, we have the video that explains this, this to the world. It will so this, tell us a lot about Donald Trump, how he uh, asserts himself in this situation and what the solution is. I think it's one of his great challenges, maybe yes. just behind North Korea. But this one's going to be, this is going to be very interesting to watch for the next several weeks. We'll be back with more calls. 1-800-723-8289. 1-800-723-8289. Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at briansellsthedesert.com. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, we're picking up on the conversation about uh, the, the difficulty that the president has. He has said that he does not want to cancel uh, the multi-billion dollar uh, uh, airplane deal mm -hmm. with the Saudis because Americans would lose jobs over that. So the president has been steadfast in saying that. But he has also said that, uh, or the Saudis have said, that there will be retaliation. If they're swift, there's going to be severe uh, response to this by the White House. That's the term they use, severe response. And the Saudis have already said that if they're going to get a severe response, uh, we're going to get a severe response in response. Is that about oil? That's Yeah, I would about think oil. there's only two things that they could possibly do. One would be oil. The other would be uh, U.S. Treasuries. They could Maybe they have some and they would dump them on the market. Yeah. But I'm sure that would even be too small to have any kind of an effect. Tom, listening to us on WPIC in Sharon, Pennsylvania, wants to add to that conversation about Saudi Arabia. Tom, nice to have you with us tonight. Tom, are you there? Judgment. I, in my mind, at least, as far as uh, blaming Saudi Arabia, uh, it is unwarranted at this time. You know, just because someone in government may have killed this guy doesn't mean it was at the request or a requirement of the government. And, you know, even going back to 9-11 and the 19 uh, hijackers and the Osama bin Laden, and, well, mm -hmm. you know, they were all part of the Saudi family and so forth, I, I, I think that's ridiculous to, to necessarily say that they're of all one mindset. I mean, you know, what were the arguments, uh, uh, concerns about arguments that uh, we've had in our own country at Thanksgiving about uh, around the Thanksgiving table about Republicans and Democrats? Right. So, so, I mean, all I'm saying is that uh, I think that uh, the whole Saudi situation is too key to our strat strategic uh, needs in the Middle East, both to a certain extent for oil, but more so for a military position, our military ally. Uh, you know, I, I, I well, think no, it's, 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 a, it's a very complicated 
relationship. But as, as of this moment, what we know, or what we think we know based on the, the media coverage of it, is that this journalist walked into the Turkish uh, or the Saudi Arabia uh, embassy in, in Turkey, and he never came out again. And allegedly, allegedly, uh, the, the Turks have videotape of him being murdered. That's what well, we. Uh, that's what. That's what they're at least alleging at the moment. But but I think we ought to step back and 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 say to the Saudi government, can you can you show us that the government at the top had nothing to do with this, and are you going to do something about yeah. the, the people that that are you know, involved and or who may have done this. Because, I mean, you know, if you have a few rogue people in this country, and yes. we've seen in our own government, uh, you can't blame the whole government for it. Jeannie Ives. Except that there's way too many suspicions surrounding the aircraft that was flown into Turkey with uh, Saudi officials on it, the fact that it happened on in a Saudi consulate or embassy that is run by the government itself. It's just way too suspicious. The fact that this guy was a critic of the government um, it, you know, there's way too much. It's obviously government connected. If this is actually what happened, there's no, there's no getting around it. Saying that the the top folks didn't know, that's just not uh, viable. However, I will say this: you know, human rights violations happen all the time, and uh, certainly you've got allegations of Putin taking out certain members that he doesn't like. So what have we including done to that? Including journalists, including journalists. So uh, we have to have a standard response here if, if this happens, and uh, we can't stand for it. I'm glad well, to hear. Go ahead, Peter. And yeah, then, I mean, I and and as, I mean, and you're absolutely right with with President Putin and other strong men who behave like this with the peop- with uh, the former Russians who were killed in England or who were poisoned in England. Um, I really think this is it's a unique opportunity for President Trump to engage a group with whom he has had a strained relationship, which is the media. And since this is the Washington Post, who he has had a combative relationship with, um, if he draws a line, I hate to use the term draw a line in the sand, it's overused, but... It's a bad thing for Democrats to say. Yes. Especially in Saudi. Yes. And if he... If he then says, you know what, I might disagree with the Washington Post, but this will never stand. And if he actually imposes what his what, what the severe punishment is, and whether it's getting out of this uh, out of this arms deal or for for airplanes, um, or, or or whatever it might be, if it is something that financially pinches that country um, and lets them know that this will not be stood for, I think that is I think that that would be one of his most presidential moments, and we'll see if he takes advantage of it. Mike Miller, Tom, I I want to compliment you because what you want to wait for is evidence and fact. And uh, motive and means and opportunity, all these things that we should always uh, wait for. And I, I've become very suspect of the press. And, of course, all we have are the press reports on what happened. I'm sorry. I, I want to wait and see the evidence as well. Would you Who also knows? acknowledge that there probably isn't anything that the president can do that's going to make the press like him? No, there's nothing. I mean, he, nothing he could go yet. over there and, and arrest the guy who uh, right. did this, and that wouldn't help that him wouldn't very much. Help won't it also embolden uh, Iran if if we turn our back on Saudi Arabia and there's a yeah. between the two of us? Oh boy, you talk about two people at their at their throats. You have Saudi and Bahrain right against Iran, right across the but, Gulf, and so forth. And they are an ally. I know that they do horrible things, but 
But I, I just love to see some facts, some motive, some opportunity, some means. But it also sends an important message that, that, I, I think that, 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 that tolerating the murder of journalists. You're assuming it's a murder. Okay, okay. I, 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 am, I am assuming. Okay. So, yes. You're and assuming he's dead. Have they, have they shown the body? No, that's no. the other thing. So, they no, should well, certainly well, well, produce so, a so, body. So, alleged, yeah. alleged, alleged, allegedly chopped so, up. So, allegedly. A so, dead, or, dead or alive, they could produce a body. So, I mean, so from, so from what we've – and, and I haven't well, watched the president's interview on 60 Minutes tonight, right. but just from, you know, from the three paragraphs Neither I read did I, before we came back. He has the audacity of doing that opposite this program. I've but told you know, them many, many times, exactly. stop it. <laughs> you still have this question, though, because Saudi has been such a key uh, participant in, uh, or, uh, in strategic alliances for that region. Yeah. How do we handle that? That is a huge uh, question, and it's something they could have never anticipated to have to deal with. Well, I would think this, in some ways, I, I, before the break, I said that this is, you know, may, maybe this is as complicated as, as North Korea. Mm-hmm. I think it's more complicated. It could be. I mean, North Korea doesn't have any oil and doesn't have any. It isn't a strategic mm-hmm. uh, partner to us uh, in, a, in a strategic part of our uh, mm-hmm. our big picture. So it's, it's a little scary. Tom, thank you very much for your call from right. Pennsylvania. Let's go to Alan listening to us on WCGO in Park Ridge, Illinois. Go ahead, Alan. Oh, hello. Thanks for taking my call. Good. Uh, I tried to call earlier. But anyway, uh, I don't think anybody brought up what happened in Charlottesville with uh, white power people marching with their torches and how yeah. that escalated to the, the car backing up and killing that lady. And, yeah. uh, that's my behavior. And yeah. uh, Years yep. ago, yes. they were talking about doctors that work in abortion clinics being killed. Yes. So that's, that's, you know, been that's my quite behavior a too. few decades since that has occurred. Yeah. But, yeah. but it did. But it, it did is. Happen. It's still it's still evil. Your, sure. yeah, your, your point is that there are. There have been acts of uh, violence and, and mob rule on the right, not just on the left. Well, I guess so. And yeah, 50 but... years ago, we had the Democratic Convention with, the, with yes. Grant Park and all the demonstrations going down there and the right. people protesting World War or protesting Vietnam War. Yeah. So it's, it's always going to be around. But, Alan, here's one, this yeah, is one very important point. Though. That 50 years ago, on August 28th, when the big... Uh, uh, riot or demonstration, and was described ultimately as a police riot by Dan Walker, who set up a national commission looking into it. Um, what you had there is it was an early there was an early thing that was happening in television. Videotape was relatively new, and historically, uh, the news net- networks would go out and get film of an incident, and then they would go back into editing, and then they would present it to the national audience. Well, because it was a news event that was happening right then and there, and this new thing called video could be turned around very quickly, what happened on that night by the major networks, NBC being the most watched network at that particular time, they took raw videotape and they ran it without any editing. And, they, and, and there were very little, if you listen to it, there's very little commentary. You know, today there would be some reporter that would be chirping over every piece of video. They wouldn't let the video tell the story. And so they ran a long, almost about a seven-minute piece of what was happening at Michigan and Balboa, Balboa in Chicago. When the anchormen came back, the anchormen took the position that the police overreacted. They took a more sympathetic view of the protesters, which certainly many would have described as a mob then. They described them in a different way. 
Yet Joe and Mabel, average citizen, home in their in their living room in Topeka, Kansas, watching on TV. I'm talking about masses, tens of millions of people. They saw that videotape and they saw it completely different than the news media. That was that was the moment, the split between the audience and television news broke. It broke on August 28th of 1968 because the people at home saw it differently. Just as many people during the campaign of 2016 saw the rioting and the protests, vehement, violent protests against Donald Trump and his supporters, they were watching it at home on television. And like the people 50 years ago, they saw that story differently. And I'm just saying that right now, even though the demonstrations that I saw, you know, uh, you know, against, uh, uh, you know, the Kavanaugh hearings, they were not like the riots in Chicago, the police riots in Chicago uh, and the tear gas and everything else in Chicago. But again, if you're home in TV land, I think you're going to react the same way. I think that's why there's going to be a huge bump for Republicans. Now, the Democrats, they're going to energize their base. But I think the Republicans are, are making a comeback because of that video. And that's why I think the president knows to refer that to it as a mob. He's got a method to his madness. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City, just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago where, you know, there's there were so many big issues uh, last week. We, we certainly want to send our... Uh, our best wishes out to those that are within the sound of our voice that really have become victims of uh, of Hurricane Michael. Again, the devastation uh, down primarily in Florida and parts of uh, Georgia is, is something that, uh, you know, about five or six times a year now we're watching other parts of America be devastated and lives change. So, again, our prayers and, and hopes go out uh, as you try to recover from uh, from the latest, uh, you know, hurricane that, that's, that struck the United States, uh, the worst hurricane in, in over 50 years. And something uh, that really popped up so quickly. Almost yes. Like you used to have like this five-day build up Warning. to a hurricane coming and a hurricane coming right. and then yeah, yeah. and the and the and the ceremony uh, i mean or this the season is not even over and uh many people have, have heard me say this before but i guess you know when you're on every week you probably repeat things because not everybody remembers everything you said but i've told the story about uh, uh my family my my father in 1938 uh he was completely wiped out by the great hurricane that struck uh, the northeast in new london connecticut and uh, lost everything that he had, and he never really recovered from that. Mm. So 
those people that, that we see on television every couple of weeks with these stories, and you see them and they're crying in front of their houses, and obviously they're an important part of all the, the network story of the, the devastation of a hurricane. But in, in many cases, certainly not in all, but in many cases, those people's lives are, are changed forever and they're never going to be able to get back on their feet. So the devastation of a, of a hurricane is more than just rebuilding your house or waiting for the insurance investor to come to see if there's any insurance coverage. I mean, it, 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 it gets to the heart of a family. It breaks spirits. And again, uh, the, the idea of trying to you know, pull out and pull your boots, bootstraps up uh, is something that uh, we should all think about uh, when we watch these horrible pictures and i mean and i i feel i feel bad bringing bring a, a a political angle into something that has impacted people's lives to that extent but i and and i think this this could this is an opportunity for 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 bipartisan production um for and i know that the president's uh infrastructure bill hasn't really moved and this and, and i remember it was an episode of 60 minutes since we were just talking about the president's interview with an engineer from the netherlands and a huge percentage of that country is covered by water and they get rain and they have storms. They don't flood because their infrastructure has been built in a way that is so resilient to the storms that come into, into their, into their environment. Um, now it's expensive and it's long term, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's hard. And you mentioned your father in, in new London, yeah. Connecticut. Right. Um, and even despite the fact, I believe that's a major Naval base, uh, Coast, Guard. Coast Guard, Coast Guard Academy, right? Um, that even in a place like that, where you do have matters of national interest, uh, that 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 the improvements have still not been made that could mitigate the damage of of, of a that. natural disaster. So I mean, New Jersey's trying that on their own. Yeah, they've they've got a town there that and was devastated so, by the hurricane. They're trying it on their yeah, own. But I'm saying at a great. national a level, test. that would really be a special moment if it said, "Look, this is happening too often. Too many lives are being destroyed." We are going to build our way out of this together. One last bullet point on the agenda for tonight is uh, the resignation of Nikki Haley. Uh, secrets can be kept in Washington, D.C. and New York. Um, Six what happens, months, right? What, hap- what happens next? She's going to be there a while, but uh, any, any preferred candidate? The president also said tonight that uh, General Mattis may be uh, moving on after the, uh, after the midterms. I don't know. Um, anybody, I, I, I really liked her, and I, I actually wouldn't have guessed her good, uh, originally. Candidate, yeah. But uh, I, yeah. well, I, I mean, I thought. I mean, when she announced that she was going to, you know, endorse him in in twenty twenty, it, it it eliminated a lot of the uh, speculation I had. But uh, oh, there's no, a lot of moving places. Uh, Trump is not going to be primaried. That's you that's, don't no. See, I disagree with that. I, Do you think it's Kasich or anyone else? I think at the moment, I think it's. Maybe more likely to be flake than than Kasich. Oh, that, I mean, oh well, that's flaky. Yeah. So no, I mean he's. I think he it would be Kasich over flake. I think um, I think Kasich's been building his case for a while. Oh yes. Yeah. No, they will. But uh, what would a uh, would a challenge be good? I mean, let's face it. You 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 ran against an incumbent who you didn't think was doing a good job. There's a lot of Republicans out there. Uh, who don't like? Who's down who don't like? Right there aren't that many. Sure, no, no, no they, I think it might be wrong. Really? I think okay. The number of Republicans who are against Trump is very, very small. Right? Okay. I think it's like eighty-eight percent or something Republicans. I mean, I'm a Republican and I support him, and I didn't I vote know. for him. I know you don't. And, and so I'm not so sure. But Rauner 
I'm not sure there's any Republicans who like Rauner. Yeah, he's I mean, I, I couldn't vote. I don't even know if I'm going to vote for him. No. So uh, I, but you don't think he'll be primaried? That, that's I good. don't think so. Okay. No, that's my bet. I think, I mean, and he it brings up because the president is, <clears throat> because he is so unconventional in so many ways, mm-hmm. his origin, the way he reached the White House, his, you know, the what, what he did before. I think in many cases we always sort of thought, you know, well, who then is is the eventual successor? And you start looking through the ranks of governors and senators. But in the wake of a Trump presidency, what does the next Republican president look like? Because how do you sort of how do you top this? But Mike Pence, Pence? is like the anti-Trump. Mike Pence is sort of right. deliberate no, no, and calculating. See, you're, you're talking personality yeah, and right. emotion. Not but the president is the policy. ultimate personality and emotion. We're, we're talking about policy, though. But policy is not what but got the president elected. Republicans like to talk about policy. Yeah, that's exactly why Trump was elected. His personality. Build the wall. Build the wall. That's a policy. No. Which which hasn't been realized amongst everything else that he has yep. that he has gotten through. That one that one uh, evades. We him. will have plenty of time to talk about campaign uh, 2020, and also for the next several weeks, we're going to be doing a lot of conversation about uh, the elections coming up in November, <clears throat> offering our assessment of what's happening in the state and house races and many of the gubernatorial races around the United States. So that'll be a special part of our focus the next month on this program. Our thanks to Mike Miller and Jeannie Ives and Peter Garapay for being with us this evening. I'm Bruce Dumont. Our thanks to uh, Fritz Goldman and Dan Dorfman and Sam Greenberg and also Genevieve Productions and WCGO Radio, our flagship. Until next week, this is Bruce Dumont. Good night from sh- Chicago. track far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger, and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's World, Weekend Update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida. 
where you can discover an intimate downtown and sip cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City, just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. <laughs> 